love that song. And, you know, we live in a world. People just don't understand. God is not some distant deity that either doesn't care about you or he's looking to zap you. That's the beauty of the gospel. He did all that he could to love you. And uh, anyway, I think of that song, you know, there was one line there I listened to. It says, just close your eyes. And, and then when he catches you, this, you know, I don't know the exact words, but the surprise. Wow, it's just good stuff. I, matter of fact, I'm, I'm teaching tonight. I hope you'll come back, play cornhole, be a part of the service. Um, you know, what? how do we respond to a culture that thinks we're the enemy? Being First Peter and I talking about that, I encourage you to come be a part of a great time we have tonight. A uh, couple of quick announcements of stuff that's uh, coming up next Sunday night. The youth, God's been working over the course of the summer, and we have an opportunity to hear from youth and youth leaders about what He's been up to. So uh, I encourage you next Sunday night to come and, and to enjoy that, be a blessing. And then September twentieth, uh, Founders Day, an opportunity to. Be together and hopefully have some come that uh, God has uh, taken to other places to come back and to see them and enjoy being together on top of a Founders Day. And we want to have that uh, idea and a theme of back in the 70s when the church was founded. So if you have any polyester laying around, uh, <laughs> or uh, I don't know if I can grow the sideburns. I might have to get the fake ones, but uh, come and be a part of that. be a blessing. And one other thing before I get in the message... Uh, Hoping for a new mini-me, a, a new buddy, a close best friend. His picture up here. I hadn't put his picture up here yet. Atticus. Our new grandson. He uh, was six weeks old Friday. And so, yeah, I'm already in love with him. Doesn't take long, does it? What a rascal. I heard, uh, went to a conference last week for a couple of days. And the, uh, <laughs> the preacher said, you know, I was always one of those that, can't stand it when people are always showing pictures of their grandchildren. He said, now I tell them that I have to show my grandchildren at least every other week. And if you don't like it, you find a new pastor. <laughs> don't worry, I may not do that to you. But I won't. Anyway, we love Atticus. We are in Genesis 17 this morning. And we're talking about deepening our walk with God. And I, it's, I don't want to read the whole chapter. It's It's... Long chapter, read excerpts from Genesis 17. Uh, So I encourage you to stand in our God's honor as I read from the text this morning, starting with verses 1 through 5. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And then drop down to verse 9. Then God said to Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. And then down to verse 15. God also said to Abraham, As for 
Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of ninety? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And then verse 21 and 22 But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. Let's pray. Master, thank you for allowing us to gather today. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your one and only son. Not just to live among us, but to die for us. And to be raised from death and to bring victory for all. Father, what if there is more? The Bible says if there's not more, if you're not alive, then we're to be the most pitied of all people. But Father, I believe it's evident that you are risen. And so we celebrate you today, risen one. May our lives have the resurrection power evident that raised Jesus from the grave. And I just pray that you lead us as we look at your word this morning. In Christ's name we ask these things. Amen. We live in an age where we're just used to everything being fast. Matter of fact, there's this idea that if it's not fast, if it's not quick, if we're not able to have it immediately, then maybe somehow it's inferior. I mean, think about computers. Whoever wants to buy a computer or software and say, Boy, I am so glad this computer is so slow and that it just drags along. And that software, you know, I could just wait all day for it to pop up. No, we don't like that at all. But there is value in time. Maturity comes over a long period of time of walking with God. You know, you think about the mighty oak tree. The mighty oak tree started out as a little acorn. The little acorn ended up in the soil. And what happened? (laughs) Roots began to form. And where did the roots go? They went down deep. And, and they went down deep and, and they became strong before the plant was able to shoot up through the earth. And then it took a long period of time for there to be a mighty oak that started as that little acorn that became attached in the soil and took root and then became able to grow up. And so with us in Christ... We're born, rooted in Christ, and then we begin to grow, and we all start out as little nuts. But then God begins to work, but it takes time for there to be a a mighty oak, or someone that's strong, and someone that's mature in Christ. It doesn't happen immediately. It happens over time of walking with God. As we look in the Scripture today, guys, you know that the chapters and the verses... 
were added later in in our Bibles. And so there's, you know, not the disconnect of chapter 16, chapter 17. And anyway, as you come to the end of chapter 16, we read, Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. And then, start of chapter 17, it says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said. Now, if we're not careful and we jump into chapter 17, we miss the importance of the end of chapter 16, the start of chapter 17. There were 13 years there where there was no voice, there was no vision, there was no visit from God. There was silence. 13 years. Think about it. Up until this point, the, the messages prior to this, the, the scripture prior to this of the account in the life of Abraham happened from 75 to 86, 11 years. And, and we heard so much about God working in Abram's life and in Sarah's life and, in, and how God was moving 11 years. Now there's 13 years where there's just silence. But don't make the mistake of thinking just because you're not able to hear the voice of God, just because you feel there's no visit of God, that He's not at work and that He's not there. Often He's working when we can't see Him and we don't hear Him. And, and when we're not aware of Him being one commentator said, if lust is the demon of sex, if greed is the demon of money, if pride is the demon of power, then speed is the demon of maturity. You see, God's not after a quick salvation or commitment. We have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. He is making us like Jesus. He is doing a work in our lives, within us, that makes us like Him as He works. And so let's just jump now into chapter 17 and, and the encounter that Abram has after these 13 years of silence. By this time, he's 99 years old. We learn in verse 1, God appears to him and says, I am God Almighty. The word is El Shaddai. And the word literally means, uh, when it speaks of God, is God overpowering, God ever-present. It's used 48 times in the Scriptures. 41 of those times it's used in the book of Job. 13 years of silence. 13 years of questioning. 13 years of God. Why haven't you brought forth a son yet? Sarah, think of Job, 41 of those times, crying out to God, God, why? There's the questions that, God, don't you hear me? The silence is broken by El Shaddai. And he doesn't say, it's time to run, or even it's time to jog. He says, Abram, I want you to walk with me. I want to go for a stroll with you. I want to spend time with you. My child. He says, walk before me and be blameless. He doesn't say, walk before me and be sinless. He doesn't say that your job is to have it totally together. Why? Because we're all a mess. 
we try to put up the front of how strong and tough we are or how holy we are. Well, we're just good churchmen. Guys, we desperately all need a Savior to meet us, to love us. Well, we need that. And he's saying to Abram, not to be sinless, but to be blameless. In other words, walk close with me and I'll reveal myself to you. All that time of silence and now God is there and he's speaking and he's saying, you're not forgotten, Abram, I love you. And he says, once again, I'll confirm my covenant between me and you will greatly increase your numbers. It's interesting uh, through the study of Abram time and time again, God says, I promise, I promise, I promise. And Abram keeps saying, but what have you promised? When will it come? And he I promise, I promise, I promise. And he comes again and he says, I promise to you. And, and I love it here. What's Abram do? It says, verse 3, Abram fell face down. Have you been there? You see, life brings you there. Something happens in your life that, you know, I've always said that we're all control freaks. And we learn at some point, I don't control anything. And so what do you do? You find yourself face down before God. And, and that's a way of saying, God, I can't control this. God, I don't have the answers. And God, I just fall before you humbled. I just want to say, Lord, I'm looking to you for strength. This is where Abram is uh, as he falls face down. And the next verses 4 through 8 speak about God. And he's telling Abram, hey, this is what I'm going to do for you. Remember that promise. <laughs> Remember the covenant that I have been sharing with you over and over again. He even gives him a name change from exalted father to father of many nations, which is a way of saying, not only am I with you, but I promise that from you and Sarah, there's going to be a, a people, a multitude of people, more than the stars that you see in the skies. God is at work, and he's reminding Abram, of that. He says, I'm going to make you very fruitful. You feel barren, but I'm about to do that work in you. I'm going to establish my covenant. And then he reminds him of the land, verse 8. He says, The whole land of Canaan, remember that promised land. Now you're an alien. Now you're a stranger. Now that's not home. But I will give you as an everlasting possession uh, this land and to your descendants, he says in verse 8. This is what I'm going to do, Abram. And then he turns it around and he says, But, uh, I want something out of you. You see, a covenant goes two ways. There's two parties that are involved. It's a, it's a vow between two people, just as you have marriage vows between husband and wife. There's a marriage vow here between God Almighty and in a vow, a covenant with Abram. And, and, and notice what he says to him. Um, verse 9, he says, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you for the generations to come. And he goes on and he describes this covenant. And he says it's a covenant of circumcision. I'm not going to go into the details of the, what the circumcision was involved. It was every male was to be circumcised. I did think it was interesting here that it said on the same day, 99-year-old Abram and 13-year-old Ishmael were circumcised together. As all the males in the house would follow this circumcision. And it was a way of saying... Okay, God, 
I'm entering into this agreement with you, the living God. I'm submitting myself to you in a way that you have commanded me to. Do I understand all that? No, I don't understand. I mean, he could have said, cut off your pinky, or, or he could have given some other kind of command of what to do. But this is a command he gave. And it just reminds me a lot. We act like we have to have all the answers, and we never have. But what we do is we have a God who does. And he comes to us, and he says, hey, act out as I command. Just go and what you do understand, and I will provide what you need. You see, there's a lot of intelligent people out there. They can tell you all the answers. If uh, you don't know who they are, just listen for a while. They'll tell you. Okay? And then there's the gifted people. Man, they're so gifted. You know, there's some people, it's just like, wow. I've always been amazed at these people that can play any instrument. You know? Some of these guys, too. Okay, AJ's laughing back there. Uh, you know, but they can just play four or five, six instruments and... It's like, how do you do that? They just do it. It's like, well, I just can't do it. She can do it. It's not just being intelligent. It's not just being gifted. It's being in a position to hear from God. And that starts by saying, I'm not enough. I need you, God. <laughs> I, I, I need you. And that's where we need to be as God's people. It's not how smart we are. It's not how gifted we are. It's how much we need Him. And, and that's as He's speaking to Abram, and as he shares, and, and as he, he lays this out, and, and then he speaks about Sarah, uh, down at verse 15, he says, And God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarah, her name will be Sarah, spelled differently here. And he, he mentions, uh, you know, not only one name, is talks about um, the princess of Jehovah, and, and this is a princess, which is a picture of you're going to you're going to have a bunch of people. honey. <laughs> that, that promise will be fulfilled. Many descendants, he says, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her. So she'll be the mother of nations. <laughs> Kings of people will come from her. And notice again what happens. The next verse in verse 17, Abraham fell face. And I love this. And, you know, so often what happens to us, we get kind of somber about God, you know. This is a holy place. You can't laugh in it. Reminds me of the story of a Spurgeon. You know, we preachers talk about Spurgeon all the time. The preacher that God used so mightily in London generations ago. And they said that Spurgeon was, they were always laughing in the congregation. You had these preachers that, you know, and, and so they came up to him. They said, you're always having fun in the pulpit. And you shouldn't do that. And his response, I love it, his response was, if you just knew how much I held back, you'd be proud of me. Man, God loves us. And, and he's got to, look at, the, I just think this is interesting. A little bit of humor here. Um, verse 17, Abram fell face down. He laughed, said to himself, will a son be born to a man? A hundred years old? Now, I don't think I have to explain a lot of this. Just a look will do, right? hundred years old. Okay. Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? There again, not a lot of commentary needed. 
And Abram said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. What's he saying? I'm all dried up, God. So is Sarah. So Ishmael will be the blessing. Has to be Ishmael. But look what God says. God says, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son. And you'll call him Isaac. He mentions down here in the next verse, I, I, I love Ishmael, I've blessed Ishmael. Uh, he, he will increase in numbers. Yeah, yeah, that's verse 20. He says, but I will establish my covenant with Isaac. It says in verse 19, that promise I gave you, even though you believe it's impossible, not for me, Abraham. Not for me, father of many nations. <laughs> I'm at work. And, you know, I love it here. Uh, as You know, he's been Abraham, Abram, Abraham now. He's been following God. And he's been waiting on the promise. And then I look, look at verse 21. You know, he's been walking by faith. I'll lead you to a land you don't know. I'll guide you. And then he drops this bomb on Abraham. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. We've got 24 years going on in, in Abraham's life. And now he says, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. Man, he's been talking about it for 24 years. Now it's here, next year. Wow. Man, talk about suddenly <laughs> the promises. We have a time now. When he's going to come. And it says that they followed. All of the men. And the boys. <laughs> followed in. Circumcision. Following God. As God. Was at work. Now. Close this thing up. Three things that happen. From a long walk with God. When you spend time with God. The first one is your sensitivity will be increased. What happens uh, when you walk with God? You learn to become familiar with His voice. You learn to detect His presence. And sometimes He asks you to do stuff that everybody else thinks you're that little nut. You're not a mighty oak. God's asking you to do what? But He may be. <laughs> he may be. I mean, can you imagine? I'm sure there was an amount of time where, oh, Abraham, you and Sarah have been telling us for 24 years you're going to have a baby. Right. Can you imagine when that baby was born? <gasps> He's maybe not a nut. Wasn't so sure about it. See, as he, as he was at work, but there was a sensitivity to God. And sensitivity to other people. We begin to see God and we begin to see other people as God sees them. That's what happens when we walk with God. He begins to give us His heart. He begins to give us His eyes. He begins to allow us to see as it really is. Because the way God sees it is the way it really is. Um, and next, your anxiety will be decreased. Oh boy, you know, it's so funny. We've been doing a study by Annie Stanley on Wednesday nights on the first not commandments. And one of those was do not worry. And several, you know, saying, you know, we talk that stuff all the time and yet we're all champions at worry. 
And, and you know what it really says when we worry? We're not talking to God about it. We're not trusting Him. Because you don't trust and worry at the same time. And look, I'm not throwing stones at you guys because I am... I got more than the t-shirt. I got the championship belt and everything else with all that. But the truth of the matter is, whether I or you recognize it or not, our God is still on the throne and he's still in control. One last one here. You'll miss tragedy. The deep walk with God is beautiful Not in that God doesn't forgive you. But it's so wonderful. There's less to be forgiven for. There's less heartache. There's less broken lives. There's less what ifs. There's less regrets. There's tragedy that's missed. Not that God doesn't love you when you mess it all up. But isn't it nice not to always be messing it all up? And so you're able to miss that. Those tragedies so the call is we get in a rush we get in a hurry or or we think just come to church and just leave no it's about walking with god it's not just about an hour a week or or you know two or three hours a week if you get the whole you know church dose <laughs> you know it, it's more than that it, it, it's talking about a walk with god that's continuous that's why it says in first thessalonians five seventeen, pray continually or pray without ceasing because there's this picture of god wants us to walk with him you know that little nut it takes a while to you grow deep before you grow up and and that's over time and so the call is and um, to all of us walk with god let's pray lord there may be one here who hasn't started the walk yet because there's a start the bible says unless a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god and and that's where the walk starts and so i pray that there's anyone here that needs to start the walk today You've heard God's voice. and It's time to start the walk. So just say, God, I come to you open and honest. And Jesus, I need you to forgive me and to enter my life. And, and to, to start the walk. And I pray, Father, anyone in that place, may today be the day to start the walk. And to find forgiveness. And the new life. I pray that happen, Lord. And Father, for the rest of us who have started the walk and Sometimes we've taken vacations or, we're you know, we're just so spiritually out of shape that all we can do is take one or two steps and then, the, you know, we think we're going to die or something. Help us, Father, to learn to walk again, Lord. To, just, to, just to become reacquainted with a God who loves us and with a God who wants us to have blessings and to, to, to really know Him. And, and Father, I just pray for that. You're such a merciful God. That's what you want. You don't hold stuff against us. I love that in 1 Corinthians 13 where it says, love keeps no record of wrongs. You know, you don't sit up there and just say, well, there he goes again. Boy, he screw up. No, you want to embrace us. And um, Father, I just pray for that. Help us catch sight again of you and who you are. Father, and, and, and that way other people will see why we come here. What there is. A resurrected Lord. Who died for us. And I just pray that, God. Um, as we have this time we call invitation or response. Father, uh, if someone needs to come to the altar and pray, just lead them to the altar and pray.
someone needs to make a decision, may it happen right now. And and if they need to come before you, your people uh, to cement that and say, you know, I'm making a decision for God, and I want you to be witnesses of that. Uh, Father, may that one come. And Father, it's just a time to say yes to you, whatever you ask. And so may that occur. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.